Welcome, dear friends, to On Mike with Jordan Rich. We get back to our comfort zone, which is radio, with a wonderful friend joining me today, Bob Bronson, native New Englander, proud Navy veteran, and a talented DJ and announcer who's worked at major market radio stations, including a long, successful number one stint in New York City. Bob is now back in Boston hosting a top-rated morning show at WROR 105.7 FM. He and I worked together at a soft adult contemporary radio station, WSSH, for many years. Bob became a good friend, and we've stayed in touch a bit, but this podcast is the perfect vehicle for us to get together again and share a few radio stories with you. So, please meet a super talent and an awesome fellow human being. Bob Bronson, let's go on mic. Welcome, brother. It's great to see you again, man. Literally the first time I've seen you in years. I've yeah, how do, I, how do I appear? Good, a little gray Jordan. around the temples? But yeah, uh, who's not? <laughs> uh, years, you know, and um, what, BZ, are you still there? I'm still at WBZ in a different capacity, doing a lot of recorded uh, feature stuff these days, uh, which is okay. very nice, especially from home. <laughs> so you get to sleep. You get to sleep. In. And you don't. I, I want to certainly focus on that. Well, first of all, Bob and I, as mentioned in the intro, have worked together over the years and we had a terrific time together, but then Bob took off for the big apple. He's still a Sox fan. I trust though. Oh yeah. Good. That was one of the things in, when I was in New York that I struggled with the most, especially, but the good news is they only won one world series while I was there. The <laughs> Sox we won, won several. <laughs> it was, it was actually harder to hide, you know, my Red Sox passion than it was to hide my hatred for the Yankees. So, when when the Yankees and the Sox won, I'd have to pretend I didn't care. That was tough. You yeah. Well, you've become uh, a, a champion morning man. You became a champion morning man in New York, and now you're back in Boston at WROR. And uh, before we get too far along into the career and into radio, mm-hmm. I think uh, a little background. I know you're you're a veteran, right? You served in the Navy, was it? I was in the Navy. Yeah. So I did um, armed forces overseas for radio, TV in Italy. So I had the best duty <laughs> you could ever imagine being stationed in Italy and doing a television mostly and radio on the weekends. Good morning, Milan. That kind That's of it. It was a <laughs> good morning, Gaeta, which was just a, uh, north of Naples. Mm-hmm. So I kind of cut my teeth there. And I thought I was going to be a TV news guy, anchor guy. Mm-hmm. But I just loved radio. And I remember listening to you and Charlie Van Dyke back at you know RKO. Uh, late seventies. So I think that's really where I got my, when I started hearing great radio and knew that's, that's where I wanted to go. And thank you for your service that you got that kind of training in the military. And Mm -hmm. there's so many people I know who, uh, who have a military connection and uh, the radio and TV arm of the military is really important. There are a lot of aspects to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I started uh, doing, you know, TV weather that back then you didn't have to be a meteorologist. So I would do the weather and then just kind of work my way up to be the uh, TV anchor guy uh, for the closed circuit television. And that was okay, but it was all scripted. But then I got to do radio on the weekends and that's really where I I found where I was probably best at. Were you, were you ever a disc jockey early in the Navy career at all, or because that's what I knew you as. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was DJing on weekends and I'd okay. start actually in high school, but really rough and, you know, around the edges in Portland, Maine. So I started doing that and this was 18% unemployment. Couldn't get full time, joined the Navy, did radio TV. And when I got out, went back to Portland 
and worked in radio there at WJBQ, which this is all kind of weird because JBQ is where I used to hear Wally Bryant. He would host the morning show before he came to Boston. So there was that. And then I went to school in Emerson for a while mm-hmm. and then did uh, the refurbished WMEX, which was 1150. And I started doing afternoons, then did mornings and got fired for the stuff that we're encouraged to do today. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> back then it got you fired. Today they want more of it, which is right. you know, more just slice of life and, and right. pull back the curtain kind of radio. And we're talking with Bob Bronson, who is a consummate professional. Those two words are usually heard together. The word consummate, you never hear, I'm a consummate pizza maker, but, but <laughs> you are the guy. And I want to talk a, a bit about the voice that uh, you're hearing, folks. It's a great, mellifluous, beautiful voice. Did you have any formal training along the way? Not, well, I mean, again, I went to Emerson College. Right. When I was in the Navy, they beat my main accent out of me. <laughs> there are some things I still can't say. Without that main accent. And that would be the bedroom, right? Bedroom. Bedroom. Yeah. Not R O O M. It's a bedroom, not a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, how we say it in Maine is bedroom, right? So there's some <laughs> certain. And once in a while, if it's really cold, and I'll say it's body, but you know, that's yeah. okay. Or if you're from Maine, you call it the bedroom, a red room. When, <laughs> that's and, right. And you have a novel of called The Shining all of a sudden, and we're See? taking a tangent we shouldn't go on. See, well, anyway. Uh, uh, so no, not a lot. It wasn't like it was formal training. It was more program directors saying, hey, you know, if you want to go national, and that was the whole thing, right? Back then you wanted to be sure. a national talent. You're going to have to lose the main accent. So I just kind of made it a subconscious thing to do. So as far as that goes. When we worked together uh, back in the 80s, the idea of going to New York was still, oh my gosh, climbing the mountain, getting to Mount Olympus. Yeah. I don't think it's as important today in terms of the market size and so forth, but that was a big deal. And I know that you spent time prior to going to New York as a program director. You spent time in quote unquote management mm-hmm. and then you made the trip. Talk a little bit about being a director and overseeing others, doing what you had done you know, for so long as talent. Yeah, I think, uh, well, because I just loved all things radio. So the whole part of it, I love being on the air. I like, not so much the science behind it, but the programming, like what makes a song a hit? What goes between the records? So those are the things I've always was a student of and working for some smart program directors. I really tried to absorb as much as I could. And, and we worked for the same fellow for a while, Chuck Morgan mm. in Boston. You're, you know, towards the end of your wish days, Jordan. Um, so working with Chuck, he'd been everywhere. He's all the major markets. I was fascinated by his programming knowledge. And he was the first program director to say, you know, Bob, you should program. You got, that's in you. You know, you're an on-air guy, but you can do both. And in those days, you almost had to, to make decent money. So I started uh, selling myself, Jordan, as a programmer, morning guy. What you, know, you, get, you get the best of both worlds. So that's how I kind of was able to do both and make enough money, you know, for the family to start as a program director who would do mornings and I enjoyed it, but you can't do uh, both great. I, I did learn that you couldn't really be a great morning guy if you had to stick around program and you couldn't be a great you know, program director if you had to do wake up in four and do a morning show. Um, so that was then I decided I really wanted to find the opportunity to do a just mornings and it, it happened to arrive through our mutual friend, uh, Chris Conley, who, went through wish with us earlier. Chris and I remained friends and he took over light FM in New York. 
and wanted a male morning host to match up with his really big dynamic uh, female. And so he just gave me the call and I went and literally had to audition for it and, and got the job. Yeah. We spent 10 years there. In movies, when a director is also the actor in play, he or she has an assistant director, an AD, direct a scene when he or she can't be behind the camera. What do you do when you're the program manager at a station and you're also the morning guy? Are you looking over your shoulder saying, where's little Bob here telling me right. what I should be doing so that I set a good example? Just just explain the process if you could. Yeah, that's hard because what really would, when, when you program and you do a morning show, with somebody else as a co-host, it's harder for them. They're working with their boss on the air and that's not really a good dynamic, right? Yeah. Um, so that would have to be just a fact where we'd have to learn to trust each other. Say, so look, while we're in the radio, while we're doing the show, I'm not your boss. I'm Bob. Just, you know, let's just have a good time and put that aside. But then again, easy for me to say, right? Cause at 10 o'clock I'd be able to you know, then all of a sudden I put in the, the program. <laughs> I don't, it's hard to do. And, and, and I don't know many people who, who do it well. It was never anything that I, I'd say uh, anybody was 100% comfortable with. Because even if someone were to say, yeah, that's just Bob. He's, uh, they knew that at the end of the day, you had the responsibility of being the program director, which means hiring and air checking and all, you know, and firing. So it, it, it wasn't ideal. Mm. It wasn't ideal. Yeah. New York City, legendary, fabled, for all the right reasons. And of course, now everything's changed during the COVID-19 piece. Hopefully it comes back. But was it a tough adjustment for you and your family or was it a smooth transition? You take a look at Boston, you could fit five or 10 Bostons in New York City, downtown Manhattan. Talk a little bit, if you will, with us about that transition from a familial and personal point of view. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, uh, it was it was. I'd say tough for the kids because my two youngest were fifth and seventh grade at that time. Um, and for them to, to move to New York and you know, we lived in New Jersey. So we tried to find a semblance of home and that, that means suburbia. So we, we were able to live in a suburban location. So that was comforting for the kids. Uh, we were able to win them over by getting incredible concert tickets and uh, <laughs> you know, the chance to meet everybody they they loved. You know, Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, Selena Gomez, all these big stars would come through. And so I would have to uh, bring the girls to work that day. So that a little, kind of, a little early, but worth getting up. They would come every time. <laughs> so that made it really kind of an easier buffer. But as far as being on in New York, I remember uh, my first couple of shows. Before I went on, I had to watch the, you know, the weekend guy who was filling in do the show. And, and I thought, oh, my God, this is New York. These are, you know, a cum of five million people. This is Light FM number one. But you know what, Jordan? You go in, it's the same studio you work in anywhere else. It's not, you know, some opulent high rise with a big view. It's just a, a radio studio. And it's our comfort. We go in, we, the, the buttons are the same, the board's the same. So I always just, that made me at ease where there wasn't as mm. big daunting and then you just go on and do the show and hope you have chemistry with your co-hosts and, and we did and it, things just took off pretty quickly your 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 co-host in question here is christine she's still there right yeah so she's still there she's been there forever she worked with elvis duran z100 mm. and she transitioned to to light fm and that's when they brought me in Right. Now, as we know, Bob, Boston is a very particular town when it comes to talent from the outside. It takes a long time for people to warm up to you. 
What about New York? I mean, they obviously knew a, a bit about your background coming from New England. Was it a smooth transition for you to, to develop an audience relationship or did it take a little time? Actually, it was quicker than I thought. And I think, you know, what I like to do on the radio, and again, it was just where I kidded about it a few minutes ago about how in the older, in the 80s, you didn't talk about your personal life on the radio as much, right? I mean, I think you did, and you used to on Wish and in your, you know, morning show days. But before that, it was don't talk about your personal life, your personal family. Nobody cares. They got their own problems. Remember that? I do. Uh, and that's all wrong. It was all wrong. And so we find out now that listeners want to relate to you. So the way I did it in New York was just to be that guy. And, and my life is, is a lot like everybody loves Raymond, you know, uh, it's, it's almost like our lives on camera where, you know, you, you screw up, you're a dad, you know, you have bad dad jokes, you leave stuff, you know, on the floor, you shouldn't and just all those <laughs> relatable things I would, I would just bring to the show. And they got to know me through that way. Like, Oh, he's just like us. He's not some, you know, big time talent jock who's, uh, you know, above us. You don't want to be with them. And that's, that's how I get to know my audience. And we're, and we're trying to do that here in Boston. And that must be a relief for you as well. Cause I know you, I know what kind of guy you are. You're a regular dude and you, you love to laugh and it must be freeing to not have to be the personality that nobody knows. Right. I, I always found it was much easier to be honest and real, still professional. But uh, what about you? Do you feel mm -hmm. the same? I absolutely feel the same. And I think that is the, the thing that became like clarity for me of how to be a morning show. And I would, I got my inspiration from real talent as opposed, I mean, real p people who were talent on the radio, as opposed to the big voice guys or the smooth guys, you know, it's the, even Eddie, An Eddie Andelman always talked about the fabulous Judy. Remember? Yeah. You know, yeah. Sports corny, celebrity sports here. Sports yeah. celebrity guy. He's talking about his favorite restaurants, Kowloon's and all those things that I could relate to more mm. than, you know, the big smooth talking DJ that, you know, we always thought we had to be, but they want more right. from you, you know? Before we talk about where you are now, and it's an amazing journey back to Boston and heralded spot on the dial and a beautiful place to be. You were Light FM in the period of time when words became more caustic and dangerous to utter, and it became really difficult, particularly with humor, to be as open. Did you find it was restrictive for you and Christine and everybody on your staff? Did you did you have to really watch yourself? You do more than, more than ever. Even small things that you would think was, would be nothing, you know, um, and it was more, uh, let's say of the, you know, you don't want to be come off, come off as a sexist and things that you used to say that were very natural <laughs> would be perceived as being a sexist today. And you still have to shake your head and go, Oh my God, I've been, I've been saying that for a year, whatever it was. And I, I mean, I can't think of an example offhand, but you had to make sure you had a different kind of filter than you used to have before, whether it was anything that would come off as, like you said, non-woke. Right. And we really saw that you could make fun before of any politician, either side. But mm. now it's you, you just, you can't even touch politics. We don't go there. I don't make fun of anybody, whether it's Republican, Democrat, just because you're going to lose half your audience. <laughs> exactly. People are so passionate about it. They don't see the joke anymore. Remember Johnny Carson, you wouldn't know who he voted for, right? No, no, no. Have fun no exactly. And, and what's different now about where we are compared to when you and I worked together way back 
is the social media construct. And, and you are all over social media and using it effectively through the radio station. But at the same time, you have to watch your back because mm-hmm. somebody is always out there, the, the gotcha mentality. Of We're everything. all one bad tweet away from you know, <laughs> yes. it all ending, right? So uh, absolutely, everything is just, it's gotten so restrictive as far as that goes. You know, so it's just, we try... We just try to keep it light, and and, and and whether I was in Light FM in New York or here, we just want to be the escape from all that other stuff. The here now for Bob Bronson is WROR 105.7, which, uh, talk about big shoes to fill. You mentioned Wally Bryan, and of course, mm-hmm. Lauren Owens, his partner for what, 30 plus years? At least 35. I think 35. Yeah. And great guys, both of them. Terrific right. personalities, wonderful human beings you're filling some pretty big shoes, but at the same time, you come back to Boston as an old friend. Has it been, you know, the kind of welcome that you expected? Was it a little tricky at first to navigate yeah, the I change? Mean, it's definitely tricky. It's You're taking over for a show that, uh, well, first of all, it kind of half-ended before, right, when Wally retired a, a year or so earlier. So they, they kept it going as Lauren, the Lauren and Wally show with just Lauren. But they had all of the the mainstays, the you know, the men from Maine were still here, all those classics. Right. Uh, the crew was still there. You know, whether it was Brian Bell was here and Hank and 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 LBF Lauren. Uh, so they they kept that show going, but it ended so abruptly with uh, with Lauren uh, just announcing his retirement at the end of their contract negotiations. Right. That didn't you know go I guess as as he had hoped. So I had left New York. My tenure run was up and I thought, okay, I'm going to take a break, uh, see what's out there. I had a place in the Carolinas. I'm just going to go play some golf for the summer and see what happens next. Cause my family was, was ready to, to, you know, move away from New York. <laughs> so, um, and so was I, we did everything we could. We, we, you know, we had great ratings. It was all good. And I didn't want to sign for another five years. So I get a call from Cadillac Jack here saying, you know, we'd love to talk to you about this possibility. And your first thought is, oh my God, like you just said, that is big shoes to fill. Maybe I'll fill the guy who filled the guy. So maybe, you know, let somebody else do it for a year, then I'll come in. Um, but I didn't want to that opportunity to go away. So it was, you couldn't say no. It was just, uh, it's one of those, like you said, jobs, uh, Jordan, mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't come around. And I'd rather step into some big shoes you know, where, where there's an audience and try to keep them rather than go to some place where there's no shot at an audience at all, you know? Well, I'll, I'll say this, uh, and I'll speak for both of us, men of a certain age, I'm a little older than you are, but the fact that we are still in the same market, uh, you've left and come back, uh, still doing what we love to do at this point in our lives is a gift. Wouldn't you agree? It's It's such a gift. I love it. I still do every day. You know, this crew that I that I they inherited me. I didn't inherit them. They inherited mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, LBF, just a phenomenal talent. Is uh, I don't I don't know anybody quicker on the radio than than she is. And Brian Bell is an extraordinary producer on air who's who's quick and funny. And it's just it's been nine months, but I was we were talking about it today that usually it takes a show eighteen to two months to two years to get to where I think we are, you know, so I'm, I'm just having a great time. And like you said, I'm thrilled to be able to still do this, you know? 
And one more kind of cool aspect has to be the music. I mean, it's it's been tweaked a little bit. For those who don't know, you, you can describe the format for us. But it's not like you're forced to play things you never heard before mm-hmm. or things that will never be heard again. These are a lot of classics every day. Yeah, when you're, you know, at, to the point where I am, uh, age-wise, and you're in New York playing the, the new Justin Bieber, it's just, yeah, it's hard to relate, right? <laughs> and uh, so to come here... It's it's the music that we grew up with. It's you know 70s, 80s, and then we're starting to dip a little bit into the into the 90s. But the music's great, mm. and the audience is surprisingly um, younger than I thought. We have people in their 20s listening to the station. They love the classic rock, the classic hits. You know, my kids love it. That's so that's awesome. What advice, what mentoring tip would you like to leave behind here for anyone, say, in their teens or early 20s looking to get into the business? Because, man, it's changed from the on-air perspective over the years, and yet some things remain the same. What advice would you have in simple terms, Bob? You, I, mean, I, th- I think you have to, A, you have to have the passion for it. If you don't, if you don't it, it's not something that you would just stumble onto and that looks like fun. You have to have a, a burning desire to do this because more than ever, it's more competitive. There's fewer jobs, right? Um, and that's just a fact, the way that the, the business has, has just kind of collapsed onto itself. So you have to have a passion to do it. And I think the most important part is you have to know yourself and you have to have, as, as, as basic as it is, a personality. People have to know who you are. The generic jock days are over. If you're, if you're just a voice and a time and temp guy, there's really no, no room anymore for that person. You, you have to, you know, bring your real personality to the show and stand for something, whether it's a great sense of humor or a passion for something, you have to be somebody that people can recognize and, and get behind and then want to wake up to every day. And the community respects and appreciates what you give back. I mean, I know over the years we've all done it, but you've been a champion for causes and showing up and using your voice to promote things. And uh, it's going to sound corny to say this, but it's about the best we can do. Those of us in radio is to Mm -hmm. announce things and bring people to things. But it's a good feeling you get when you're involved. Especially these times, right? Oh, gosh. And and that's, we've been able to just use our uh, platform here during the the coronavirus to A, A, be an escape from it, right? From, so it's not 24 seven, but also to be in touch with the community. We're doing restaurants of the day. This is free advertising where if you're a restaurant, you're small, you're local, you're struggling. We want you to want to put the light on you guys, shine the spotlight on and give you a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Jordan. That's so rewarding. It is. Well, the final question always has to be about sleep. And uh, <laughs> if I recall, uh, when we worked together, I was doing the mornings and you followed me at 10 or so. And we had a, yeah. a great time shifting gears and moving from one show to the next. But uh, you always appeared to me the kind of guy who was well relaxed at that point. Probably had a good <laughs> night's sleep. Might yeah. have stayed up till 10 and really yeah. lived the fast life. <laughs> that you've been doing mornings for so long. What's the secret? Is there any secret at all? Or is it just hanging in there? You have to give into it. It's, it's, you can always, I'm, I'm always amazed by some of the sports guys down the hall in the sports hub. They'll stay mm. up and watch a Sunday night Pats game till <laughs> one o'clock or whenever it ends. And they, they come in, they stumble through the day. They're exhausted. I'm not going to, I just don't do that. So I'm very rigid with my bedtime and my bed rise. 
If I squeeze a nap in, that's fine. Only if needed, if necessary, but you've got to adjust your whole life to this. You can't try to force the job. You know what I mean? The, the job mm. on your life, right, right. your life becomes the job. So, well, you've never sounded better, my friend. I get a chance to listen to you now every day when I'm here by the radio, and you never look better. Of course, I haven't seen you in 20 years, actually. <laughs> so I, I, I could be basing this on just sheer speculation. But Jordan, thank, it's it's honor to uh, be on your show. So we still have to do lunch. You're only down the street. Well, right? we will do lunch. I'm down the street. When we will do is lunch. Yeah. And when this, as we record this during the pandemic season, uh, yeah. lifts, uh, we'll all be connected. But radio is the great connector right now. And Bob can be heard at WROR's Signal 105.7. Bob, great to see you, my friend. Keep up the great work. Stay healthy, Jordan. Thank you. And we'll see you soon when this thing ends. Okay. Take care. Great to connect again with Bob Bronson. Please do check him out at WROR Radio. You can do so by spinning the dial, I'm showing my age now, to 105.7, or listening the way most people do now online at WROR.com. On Mike with Jordan is produced at Chart Productions and occasionally in my home office. Many thanks to Ken Carberry and to Dan Tebow. Dan is with Fast Twitch Media. Hey, this is Jordan saying stay safe, and until next time, be well so you can do good. Take care.